So there may be some argument that he maybe pursued competitive districting too far and went too far from what local communities would have liked. But I think I think the bigger argument is that the constitutional amendment envisioned the process that used the redistricting commission, not the use of a of a single judge with a single special master. Hi there, it's WAMC News Director Ian Pickus. And on this episode of the WAMC News Podcast, New York redistricting again. A mid-level state appeals court has ordered new congressional lines be drawn for New York. The ruling could benefit Democrats in the 2024 battle for control of the U.S. House. The appellate division of the state Supreme Court reversed a lower court and directed a state redistricting commission to start work on new proposed state congressional lines. Democrats are supporting the lawsuit, which seeks to scrap the 2022 lines in New York, under which Republicans flipped four congressional seats. Republicans quickly pledged to take the politically charged case to New York's highest court. For analysis, I called up Richard Rafalt of Columbia Law School. What do you make of this latest uh, twist in the long-running disagreement? Well, it's an interesting case, and of course we're not going to really know the answer until the Court of Appeals decides this case. But the essence of the claim that the plaintiffs are making, and they're basically being essentially Democrats and they're supported by uh, Governor Hochul and and the State Attorney General, Tish James, is that the plan that was adopted by the special master for working for an upstate judge uh, in uh, 2022 was basically a placeholder that uh, the Court of Appeals found that that the state legislature's redistricting plan violated the Constitution in several ways, both in terms of procedure and in terms of gerrymandering, but said that time is short. It was already uh, um, in springtime. Primaries were coming soon. And it was that given the past, given the tightness of time, the, ma- the matter should go to a special master to draw the lines. What was unclear was whether or not that meant just for the 2022 elections or whether for the rest of the decade. And what the plaintiffs are claiming is that this was basically an emergency matter, a time-pressed matter to get the lines drawn right away. But that now that that's been taken care of, we should go back to the procedure that the voters adopted when they passed the constitutional amendment, setting up the redistricting commission. And it should all go back to the commission. And that's what they're literally seeking as an order to the commission to start work on congressional lines. Um, and then ultimately, those lines will go to the legislature. And that, and that in turn would probably go to judicial review, but basically to restart the process, the process that was stopped um, in 2022 because of a partisan deadlock. Do you think that argument has merit? It's a close question. I think, you know, it's I, I think it's, there's a lot of tea leaf reading about what did the Court of Appeals actually say, and it can be read both ways. Um, I think the strongest part of the argument for doing this is that the this constitutional amendment the voters adopted said that they really want this to go through the the redistricting commission process and then the legislature and that the commission and even the constitutional amendment said that if a court finds that a plan is invalid, it should be sent back for correction rather than being resolved in the court. So the strongest argument the plaintiffs had is that this is more consistent with the process the state constitution lays out. I think the strongest argument for the defendants, essentially Republicans, is, hey, we did this to redistricting. Everyone, it, it was a fair plan. It produced competitive districts. Leave it until 2030. 
the Independent Redistricting Commission ultimately deadlocked. It didn't work. Will that weigh on the upcoming decision at all, the fact that it has been tried? Well, it did deadlock on the on the congressional and Senate plans. But interestingly, uh, the litigation last year, the plaintiffs, the Republicans didn't challenge the assembly plan. They later challenged the assembly plan, um, and that went to court. And the court then sent that back to the Independent Redistricting Commission. And this time, the commission actually made a deal. The commission broke the deadlock. There were some membership changes. Maybe there was less. Maybe there was less controversy with the district lines. I'm not sure. But I think at the very end of last year, or the very beginning of this year, the the big unit was this year. The commission actually came up with a, a new assembly plan, which the legislature approved. So I think the argument, plaintiff's argument is going to be, yeah, they were deadlocked last time, but now they've shown that they can actually make a deal. And maybe everyone is going to be on better behavior now because they know what the consequences are of not making a deal. But you're right. Last time, the, the process failed. And will it be better this time? The, the work on the assembly plan gives some grounds for hope, but, but we don't know. How do you think the Court of Appeals will decide the case. Um, I think it's fair to say it's seen as a fairly, you know, sort of progressive body. It's going to be close. I mean, I think, uh, as you know, last time um, um, there was division in the court. Uh, the majority basically found both that the procedure had been violated and that the plan was a gerrymander. Uh, and that was actually, I think, uh, more than four to three. But there was a division over the remedy uh, and only four judges supported the remedy of sending it back to the lower court to, to use a special master. And, of course, one of those judges, Chief Judge DeFiori, is gone. Um, the media focuses a lot on the fact that she's been replaced as chief judge um, by somebody who was already on the court. But the real important person is Caitlin Halligan, who's the new judge, who's the only new judge for the court who has not participated in this before. Uh, and we'll see where she comes out. I want to go back and talk about the special master for a moment. Now that we have seen the current lines uh, in place for an election and now for uh, a good chunk of the congressional term, what's so bad about the map that he drew? Even if it wasn't the way that it was supposed to happen, right. it's what did happen. Right. No, that's, that's a fair point. And the, the one argument is it's, he, he may have drawn a good map. But it wasn't the process that the voters adopted when they passed the constitutional amendment. That's probably the strongest argument, the, the legally strongest argument. Oh, there were some criticisms of the map in that in his effort to create very competitive districts, he drew districts. He departed from a lot of traditional districting, the way traditional counties or, or areas were grouped together. As you know, in Manhattan, historically, the east side and the west side were, have, were in different districts for decades and decades and decades. And he created a district where they were together, which was very unusual. And as I understand it, there were some similar departures from traditional districting lines upstate. So there may be some argument that he maybe pursued competitive districting too far and went too far from what local communities would have liked. But I think, I think the bigger argument is that the constitutional amendment envisioned the process that used this as a redistricting commission, not the use of a of a single judge with a single special master. It's really an important decision. I mean, everyone in America knows that 
you know, the Hudson Valley seat flips were pivotal in giving Republicans control of the House. So this could really weigh on how 2024 goes. Absolutely. I mean, these things are happening in a number of other states. I mean, in North Carolina, the the flip may be in the opposite direction. Uh, The North Carolina Supreme Court had found the legislature's plan to be a partisan gerrymander and ordered new districts. And then the North Carolina Supreme Court's composition changed. And now they've basically said, no, it wasn't a gerrymander. Uh, The legislature can create new districts again. So that's likely to help Republicans uh, as a result of the Supreme Court decision on the Voting Rights Act. Democrats may pick up a district or two elsewhere in the South. As you, you're right. The House, the House represent, control of the House of Representatives is very close. Uh, districting is not the only thing going on. Obviously, the 2024 election will matter in every respect, including districts that are not going to be re-redistricted. But certainly, if district lines change in a handful of states, including New York, that could have an impact. Let me wrap up by asking you a question I always ask you. What is the timeline for this? People are already running for Congress in 2024 in New York State under the current lines. Um, that's hard to say, but we're, it's not that late is what I would say. Remember, the districting in 2022 wasn't really resolved until the spring of 2022. So we're about eight months away from that. Um, I don't know how quickly the Court of Appeals will take it, but presumably they'll take it reasonably soon. If we get a decision out of the Court of Appeals sometime in the fall, uh, that gives the redistricting commission, I think, enough time to come up with a plan to get it to the legislature, for the legislature to do what it does and for that to be reviewed. I mean, could be tight. Much will depend on how quickly the Court of Appeals acts. It is only July. It is not too late for a change this year. But as I say, and of course, the Court of Appeals could decide to to reverse the the, the appellate division and keep the current lines intact. But, you know, this is, we're not going to know for a while. Richard Brafalt with Columbia Law School speaking to us once again about New York's ongoing redistricting drama. Uh, Thank you, as always, for your time and your insight. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay, that does it for this episode of the WAMC News Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Ian Pickus.